0: Robert Sapp here. Welcome to Trinity Word Ministry Podcast. Thank you for joining today. Today's scripture is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. What does it mean when Paul says he had a thorn in his flesh? Well, no one really knows, to be honest with you. It could have been physical. could have been spiritual. I am on the belief that it was more of a spiritual thorn in his flesh because he says that Satan and his demons and his messengers tormented him buffeted him, tormented, harassed him. So I am of the opinion that that would be a scriptural or a spiritual uh, thorn, not a physical, but it could be physical. No one truly knows. Okay, so if if somebody comes up to you and says, well, he knows, the scriptures doesn't say anything about what the thorn is. What we do know is that he was buffeted or he was tormented. He had an issue that bothered him constantly, and he went to Christ, he went to God three times to get rid of it. And the third time, God told him, said, not to worry, for my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So God didn't answer his prayer. God didn't take away this thorn. God didn't... Heal him or remove the spiritual burden. What kind of loving God is that? Well, let's look at it a little closer, and we'll we'll dissect these scriptures a little bit. Maybe it'll help somebody who's facing something. You know, as Christians, we all face hardships and problems. We are all oppressed. We're all. We can all be depressed. Uh, if a, if you're a Christian, you can't be possessed, but you can definitely be oppressed. So sometimes, you know, God waits on delivering the answer to our prayers. Perhaps Satan is hindering the answer from coming to you, just as he did back in the days, I believe, of uh, Daniel, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to verify that. But, you know, he, he didn't get his answer immediately because, well, Satan was keeping it from getting to him. Sometimes God waits because we're not ready for the answer. No matter what the answer is, we're not physically or mentally or spiritually able or ready for that answer. And sometimes He waits on answering our prayers because what we've prayed for is not what we need. See, God sees the whole picture, the total picture, but we only see a small snapshot of it. We see maybe one or two pixels of the the giant masterpiece that God has has crafted for us. But God sees the entire picture. So sometimes He he doesn't answer us because it's not what we should be getting. It could, you know, hinder our growth or whatever. So God waits on that. But He said that he, He prayed three times or thrice. Do, how often do you go to God with your concerns? How often do you ask God to help you? Is it just a once and done? Or is it you're bringing it to Him on a regular basis? Sometimes He wants to see if we're serious about the problem and serious about requesting the answer. But He said, My grace is sufficient. Well, what is grace? Grace is what Put Christ on the cross of Calvary. Grace is getting what we need and not what we deserve. See, none of us deserves heaven. It is only through the blood of Christ that we get to go to heaven. The sinful nature in each and every one of us. Now, sinful nature, let me back up and Let's discuss that a little bit. What is the sinful nature? Well, the sinful nature is what makes a person be addicted to something. That's what makes a person murder. That's what per- makes a person gamble. That what makes a person do horrible things. It is also what makes a person think that they are too good, that they don't need God. It is what makes somebody believe that they are richer than than god and they'll never need god that's the sinful nature and it comes to us from adam in the garden of eden not not eve but adam adam is the one that brought the sinful nature to us that's the sinful nature grace gives us what we need instead of what we deserve never ask for what you deserve because what we deserve is is not heaven now hell wasn't made for man. Hell was made for Satan and his demons. But we deserve hell because of our disobedience. But the grace that God showed us on the cross of Calvary allows us to go to heaven when we leave this earth. My grace is sufficient. Let's look at that word for just a second. Sufficient. If you're hungry and you eat, sit down at the table and you eat a sufficient amount of food, there's nothing left over and yet you're full. Now if there's more than one person sitting at the table, everybody's full. Nothing left over. Sufficiency is having just enough. Now I'm not saying that God has a limit on His grace. What I'm saying is, the grace that you need for the time is what you need, and it's the amount that you need. There's never more than you need, or there's not ever lacking what you need. His grace is sufficient. It is enough for what you need. My grace is sufficient. That's a powerful statement in its own right. But he continues on and says for my strength is made perfect in weakness now each and every one of us has a chink in our armor now i'm not talking about the armor of god from ephesians that has no chinks in it there's no weakness a chink is a weakness in medieval days there was always a weakness in the armor a king Got killed because his lance or spear splintered and went through his visor. Went into his eye and killed him. Another one raised his arm and a bow, an arrow come in and shot him under his arm into his heart. Each one of our armors, our physical armor, the wall or the barrier that we build up around ourselves got a chink in it. It's got a weakness. Now one of my armor chinks... Is my temper, my anger. I have an anger problem. So each one of us needs to recognize that we have a chink or a weakness. And we need to pray about that weakness so that God can strengthen us in that weakness. Not make it strong, not make the weakness bigger, but cover the weakness so that there is no chink in the armor. A friend of mine mentioned one time years ago that most people don't pray for their strengths. Now, my wife and I will be married 35 years this coming October. Pretty pretty lengthy marriage in today's terms. But last night I was at a meeting where a lady and a gentleman announced that they had been married for 53, 54 years. Even longer than mine. And they asked the question, the host asked the question, would you marry her again, and without without one moment of hesitation, he said, oh yeah, sure, definitely. That's love. And I would say that that marriage is pretty strong, but I wonder if they pray over that marriage and that strength. You see, getting back to my situation, I pray that God removes the temptation from me from other women, or for other women. I pray about that even though my marriage is strong and I am not having an affair on my wife I pray that God removes the temptation In the 35 years that my wife and I have been married I've had to run a couple of times from ladies because of situations because of incidences and there's nothing wrong about turning and running from a from a temptation from a problem So pray about your weakness, but pray about your strength as well. Because you see, Satan can attack either one, and does regularly. We don't know what Paul's thorn was, but we know that he prayed three times, and God finally told him, my grace is sufficient. In your weakness is my strength. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities. 1994, I fell and broke my arm. I crushed my right wrist. I was thanking God, not for the crushed wrist, not for the broke arm. But it could have been so much worse. I could have broke my neck. I could have broke both arms. I could have done something else. So I wasn't praising God through my, for my broken arm. My father-in-law would say, if you're going to praise him for a broken arm, you might as well pray and, and praise him for two and just go ahead and break the second one. We don't praise him for the broke arm. We praise him because he could have been worse. You survived. Now in the surgery to redo my arm, my blood pressure went to the basement they gave me some medicine and I had an adverse reaction to it and my blood pressure started falling quite rapidly I don't think I ever left or I don't think I ever lost consciousness but I come really close and as my blood pressure continued to build back up after a while they couldn't do anything until my blood pressure got to a certain level so I'm laying there they couldn't give me anything I'm in pain and I can't have any relief I remembered something my mother done when she told me when she was giving birth to me and my five siblings my brother and my four sisters i'm the baby of six she would quote psalms 23. well i thought well you know if it'll work in childbirth it's got to work for a broke arm so i started quoting psalms 23 over and over and over again and before long The pain was still there, but it was easier to deal with. It was easier to manage. So I wasn't glorifying God that I broke my arm. I was glorifying God that it was not as bad as it could have been. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. They persecuted Christ. They persecuted Him to death. They took him and put him on the cross of Calvary. Who am I to complain about what I perceive to be persecution? I live in the United States of America. Pretty safe, pretty freedom-loving country. Even to this day, uh, some will tell you, oh, they're they're taking away all of our freedoms. But I'm still able to get up tomorrow morning. This is Saturday afternoon. I'm still able to get up tomorrow morning and go to any church that I choose without fear of arrest, without fear of being shot, without fear of anything else going on. So in that respect, I am very blessed. Now, do I believe it will always be that way in this country? No, I believe eventually we will see Christians being persecuted even inside the, the borders of the United States of America, just as they are in other countries right now. But I feel blessed that I was born in an American, that I was that I'm born to and able to to do these podcasts. I'm sitting out under some trees right now, watching the birds play. And in public I'm able to read my Bible. I'm able to carry my Bible. I'm able to do all of these things. And in that I thank God for it because I know some people in some countries can't do that. So I'm very blessed in that respect. So I don't feel like I have been persecuted. However, I do know of other countries that there is persecution going on right now in Afghanistan, for instance. With the withdrawal of the American forces, the American citizens that are in Afghanistan are being persecuted or are in fear of being persecuted, even to the point where they could be killed. So I encourage you, each and every one, to pray Join me in prayer for Afghanistan, for China, for all of these countries that, that are allowing the Christians to be persecuted. For that matter, for every country that's allowing any persecution for any people. Now, no, I don't go along with the Muslim belief, and I don't believe that we can coexist, but I do believe that humans should not be persecuted for their beliefs. So I encourage you to pray with me, for those individuals that are being persecuted for whatever reason. We need to pray and seek the Lord's guidance and seek the Lord's wisdom and seek the Lord's help in these issues. And as we're praying, pray for one another. Pray for your church. If you get to a chance to go to church, pray for your church. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for your family. If you will send me a prayer request And you can do it on trinitywordministry.com You can go out there to that website www.trinitywordministry That's all one word Word trinitywordministry.com You can send me a prayer request I'll get it to my email I'll pray with you Pray for you You can send me a voice message Or a message on Anchor You You can send me a message on Anchor And I will pray for you And pray with you for that as well We are all in this together, whether you believe that or not. We're on this ball, spinning around and around, going around and around. And the only thing that's going to help us, the only answer there there is, is Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And if you believe that there are multiple roads to heaven, understand that there may be multiple roads, but only one road gets you through the gate, and that's Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to pray. Pray to the God of gods, the Lord of lords. And seek His help and seek His advice. And understand that as a Christian, you may be persecuted. You may be under oppression. You may have problems. But His grace is sufficient for whatever the need is, for whatever the problem is. His grace is sufficient no matter what the situation. He is the answer. As I close, I will tell you this about my son. My son, when he was younger, I would tell him to take it to God in prayer and leave it there. And he finally looked at me and said, how do you do that? Well, I will give you an example of how to do that. I'm going to use my wife and I as that that example. My wife got COVID in December of 2020. And she nearly died on me. To be honest with you, and she's in the hospital for 16 days. We didn't know it at the time, but our insurance in the hospital was not communicating. They were not talking. They had a disagreement, and the insurance was, was saying that they weren't going to pay. We got a bill for $112,000. Now, some of you may be able to write that check without blinking an eye. $112,000 may be nothing for you. For my wife and I, that was more than we could come up with. My wife looked up at me and said, what do we do? Now, we pray about this. We leave it with God. Now, my, uh, let me also back up and say that my wife is more of a prayer warrior than I am. And this concerned her. This concerned me. But we prayed about it. And we didn't for, We didn't worry about it. We didn't lose sleep over it. Somehow, God was going to take care of the problem. Whether he was going to send us a check for $112,000 or what, we didn't know. And it was irrelevant as to how he would take care of it, but he took—he was going to take care of it. About a month or so later, we get another letter from the insurance saying, oh, we got our disagreements patched up, and we will now pay all but $85 of that bill. I can pay $85 a lot easier, and I can pay $112,000. You say, oh, wow, that got, that was going to happen anyway, whether you prayed or not. Possibly. I won't say it won't. I won't say it would or would not, but I am going to say that because we prayed about it and we left it at God's feet, we did not pick it back up. We never worried about it. We lost no sleep over it. That's laying it at the feet of Jesus and not picking it back up. So I encourage you in your problems, in your situations, lay it at Jesus' feet. Don't pick it back up. Don't worry about it. When those doubts and fears come in, Read Psalms 23. Read John 3.16. Read any scripture. Romans 8 and 28. Read any scriptures in the the Bible to keep you from worrying about it. I will leave you with number 6, verses 24 and 26. And if any of you have listened to this podcast, you know that this is some of my favorite scriptures and I end a lot of the podcast with them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face... Shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. No matter where you're at in the world. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is worldwide. This podcast is going worldwide. And I thank you for that. It is all up to God. It is all because of God. It's not me. I'm not no Bible scholar. I just tell you what I feel like God has laid on my heart. So I thank you for listening all over the world. So wherever you're at, I pray for the peace of God. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings upon our lives, Lord, for allowing us the opportunity to come again once once more to your throne room, boldly asking what we need. And asking for the desires of our heart, Lord, we ask that you'll touch and that you'll move on each and every one, each and every life that listens, whether it's soon or in the future, God, that you'll touch them, Lord, and that you'll give them the peace that passeth all understanding. And we ask this in Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. Guys, until we meet again, take care of one another and look up your redemption draweth nigh.